Welcome to another fantastic episode of Coffee with Source. When you survive betrayal, whether it's finding out your spouse or partner is having an affair, being unfaithful, the betrayal of a friend, someone that's close to you, a parent, betrayal has many forms. How do we push through it? How do we heal? How do we find the resilience to keep on going, to learn to lean into love again, to trust ourselves, to trust others around us? That's the conversation I'm about to have with Cindy Drummond, who after years of building a life with her partner, the rug was suddenly pulled from under her feet. Her world was turned upside down. In hindsight, she says there were red flags. She ignored her intuition. But what will surprise you the most is the approach to healing that she created for herself. Thank you for being here. Welcome to another fantastic episode of Coffee with Source. My guest today is Cindy Drummond. She is the curator of Women Only Weekend and the author of Relationships from the Dating Pool. Did I get that right, Cindy? Yes, Reflections from the Dating Pool. Reflections from the Dating Pool. I'm so grateful that you're here. Thank you. I'm, it's very great to be here. So thank you. I'm excited to speak with you. It sounds like, you know, the, the word that's come up for me in the last few days, and I've been, you know, and I always ask questions in my meditations and whatnot um, about certain things in my life. And it's funny that the last three people that I've spoken to have used the word curate or curated or in in some kind of way. And I'm like, am I supposed to go work at a museum? What am I supposed to do? So this is a word that's never come up. And now I hear it with you and I'm thinking it's a little wink and a nudge. We'll start with that. What does that mean? For me, and I didn't realize that I was so, uh, I thought I was being original. Uh, For me, it means to curate is to, um, and I use the word purposely because my event is a, co- a community gathering. So I feel like I curate, I gather, I bring together this collection, um, this opportunity for people. And what is the opportunity? So Women Only Weekend is an event that started 10 years ago. Um, and I'm sure that we'll speak about this, but when my life came to a sudden halt and everything I thought I knew was a lie, And so I needed something good to focus on. I needed purpose and direction. And so on a whim, I booked a retreat for 65 women. And uh, 14 weeks later, there we were in the heart of the Rocky Mountains um, in this beautiful space and having this amazing, amazing event. Wow. Okay. And I do think you're original. It's just that the the other two people that I spoke with, um, have used the word in a sentence, like you need to, 
you know, cure, be more specific or be more intentional. You can curate this. And so no one has called themselves a curator. So that goes to you. This season is all about resilience, you know, growth, pulling ourselves out of the, the yuck and the stuck and the muck and the, you know, the shit show that can often present itself in our lives where we want to throw our hands up and say, where the hell is the reset switch? You touched on it briefly, but what led you to this, this decision? You said your life came to a stop. Can you paint a picture for us? Absolutely. So um, I was in a relationship with a person, not the father of my children. I want to be clear about that. But I was in love with somebody for almost seven years. And one morning, as I was getting ready for work, the doorbell rang and seven police officers burst into our home and arrested him, hauled him away in handcuffs. Whoa. And yeah, whoa. Whoa. So there goes the rug from underneath your feet. But at this point, you have no idea what's going on. I have zero idea. I, I would be lying if I said that there wasn't this feeling that I was ignoring. Um, I absolutely knew that I was catching him in small lies. Mm. Things weren't making sense to me, but I had no idea that he was going to be um, accused and arrested of voyeurism. So basically invading um, people's privacy and videoing them. Are you serious? I am serious. That's devastating. Mm -hmm. It is. So when you found out, how did you feel? You said you knew you'd ignored some red flags. And I think as women, we tend to want to suppress our intuition or our gut, especially when it comes to love and men and, you know, or, or partners. It's not exclusive to men, but we want to, we want to see the best in them. And I think for me, and it's so much clearer when you're not in the situation, it's that it's the reflecting back piece. So this person could look me in the eye and make me feel so loved, so mm. cherished. And at the same time, was deceiving me and doing things behind my back that I truly had no idea of. So it's, I wish there, I, I, the only word that comes to mind is a word that we shouldn't use in front of your audience, but it's this big, your mind is so warped, that I use mind warp um, by this, because you, you're, you're not understanding how somebody who could be saying something to you and you believe it, but the actions are completely um, opposite of what they're saying. Did you have the opportunity to speak with him and confront him after the arrest and ask him those questions? I did. Um, so we owned a house together. Uh, I left that house immediately with my daughters and sought refuge in my parents' basement at 46 years old. Um, but we owned that house together. So there was, there was conversation. I had a lot of questions. Um, you want to make sense of something like this. I, I don't know that I ever really got closure, um, but, you know, he did, he did go to jail. He did serve time and that I, I didn't look back then. I just kept moving forward. Was he still trying to convince you at that point that, you know, I love you. There was, you know, I just wanted to protect you. How did that conversation go? 
yeah, it was a mistake. It was yeah. something that started out small, led to something. Um, but he loved me and that was the main thing. And he was sure that we could still build a life together. Um, what was the emotion or feeling that gave you the courage to say, no, I'm not going back? I have two daughters and at that time they were 13 and 16. Mm. I needed to protect them. I needed to be a role model for them. I needed to teach them that what he did was not acceptable. Yeah. Before you met this man and you know the this happens, the arrest happens. Were you someone who was in tune with your intuition? Did you have a spiritual practice in place? What did that look like? Or was this part of the awakening process? You know what? I'm going to say a little bit of both. I feel like I always thought I had good intuition, mm -hmm. um, but I feel like it was definitely clouded when I was in that relationship. I had stopped trusting myself. I had stopped paying attention to, you know, those the little feelings in your gut that that are so important. And so I think I I, I lost some of that. When you you're 46, you're in your parents' basement, the rug's just been pulled from under your feet. You know you're not going back. You have your daughters to protect. What's going on in your mind? I think at that moment, it's just, uh, what do I need to do to survive? Mm -hmm. I, and I think that was what the, why the reason that the, the weekend was so important because all the people that knew me, they were, they had, you know, there's this one version of me that they're like, oh, poor Cindy. And, oh, like, that's too bad that happened to her. And so I was, I was angry and I was upset, but I was also like, no, wait a minute. Like, this is not going to define me. Like I need something let's not talk I, I mean I was I kind of was avoiding it a little bit I'll be honest but there was also part of me that's like this is not going to be what you're going to know me for so that was my purpose like let's create something that that'll be my legacy not this poor victim person that no, let somebody that. Mm -hmm. but for anyone who's listening you're in you're in the basement you know your whole world essentially just came crumbling down the life you'd been building with this man how long did you allow yourself to stay in the hurt? Oh, really good question. Because I can't say for sure. So what happened was after the weekend, the event, you know, you have this postpartum event thing. And there I am back in my parents' basement alone. And, and then I think then I was like, okay, like, now what? you know, maybe you do need to learn how to start trusting again. Maybe you can make room for somebody decent in your life again. Yeah. And so that was, I was still hurt. Um, but I thought, okay, like, I don't want to be alone for the rest of my life. My kids aren't going to need me forever. I can't live in my parents' basement forever. So I thought, okay, like, what, what would dating look like? And I was terrified. Absolutely terrified. Is that where you sit with yourself and you're like, okay, we're going to, you know, recalibrate our inner guidance system, reinforce our intuition and stay true to ourselves. What practices did you put in place to make sure that didn't 
ever happen again. You make that me sound so wise. So <laughs> yes, that's what I did, but it was, and it was thoughtful, but maybe not specific. And it, it was the whole journey. It was okay. So first I created a contract with myself and I said, yes, I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to give myself a year. So I'm going to date 50 men over the course of 52 weeks. And that actually takes some pressure off because I'm giving myself a year to heal. Wow. That's intense. I just got goosebumps. I don't know if I could be that brave. <laughs> My goal this year is I'm going to be on 52 podcasts and that's stepping out of the comfort zone. So you know, and this is why life is so interesting. And these conversations are so important because my, what I call stepping out of my comfort zone and really pushing myself can be completely different for someone else, but be equally as important on this healing journey. So you make this contract with yourself. I want to call you a badass. And you're like, yeah, I need to heal and trust. I'm going to date 50 guys in 52 weeks. Sounds ridiculous. That's, that's not ridiculous. That's so brave. I'm, I want to be friends with that girl, you know, because it's like, how else can you, first of all, figure out what you really don't want and really don't like, what you're not willing to put up with, what you love, what you're willing to compromise or negotiate in a relationship, and also how to tell the red flags right away. And it's funny that we're having this conversation because I was reflecting a couple of days ago on some of these first dates that I went on after my divorce and how long I would sit there with these creepy guys just feeling so uncomfortable. Like, how do I walk away? What do I say? They look nothing like their picture. Oh my gosh, I would rather be watching paint dry than being here. But that people-pleasing, polite I guess, uncomfortable girl, un unhealed girl sat there for so long. And this is the conversation I'm having with myself now. I'm like, what could I put in place to know when it's time to get up? How to excuse myself? Because I have conviction of what I want and don't want. So did you go through with it? Did you do it? We're all hanging on here. Did you date uh, you guys? I did. Okay. I absolutely All 50 did. of them. You didn't meet Prince Charming on date number 20. No, I did not meet date um, Prince Charming on date number 20. There was a few guys that I dated more than once during mm -hmm. the journey. Um, but no, I did not meet anyone during like that was worth stopping the journey. Yeah. So date number one, are you shaky and terrified? And how many dates does it take? For you to own it? I love that question. So let me paint the picture. Date number one, I first of all come out of the basement and tell my mom that I'm going on a date and she's completely shocked. Um, yes. But she's supportive. And then I get into my car and I start sobbing. Like mm -hmm. I am ugly crying on the way the to date? my first date. Yeah, ugly. Because. Mascara. I'm terrified, right? This is a big deal. And I, I'm so afraid of a starting over 
but be also, you know, all the things that go along with just dating when you haven't been through a traumatic experience. Um, but I, I pulled myself together. I wiped the mascara, mascara from underneath my eyes. Um, you know, my face might've been a little pink and shiny when I, when I walked in there. But you know, the funny thing is, is I arrived before he did. Mm-hmm. And when I saw him walking up, he was also scared. Yeah, yeah that's the human element we forget. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. So what did you put in place for yourself to know this date's going well, I'm going to stay like, what does that look like? What mechanisms are in place for you to say when, when my gut feels like this, I'm ending it. So when I started the journey, I journaled. So I came home from that date and I wrote down my thoughts. And then as I went on, you know, a few more dates, I would come home. Uh, so date number six stood me up. There was no date number six, Dave. You're listening to this date number six. Did you say Dave? Dave, yes. Dave? Oh, Dave, yeah. And that was also... But it was a teaching moment because, you know, there's all those things. What if he actually did show up and he saw me and walked away? I don't know. So I had to reflect on that. So I gave myself these little words of wisdom along my journey. So obviously, when I came home from not meeting Dave, I was like, never treat somebody like that. Always be respectful. Always don't trifle with people's feelings. And so Dave taught me a lesson. Thank you, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. So you're dating all of these, you know, these men and you're learning about yourself, you're learning about your intuition, you're trying to heal from everything that's happened. How do you set yourself up emotionally to ensure that the next relationship, because you didn't know, it could have been date number 30 was your Prince Charming or, you know, right? So what is set up inside of you how much of the healing are you doing with each date to make sure that you don't allow the wounds from your past relationship to bleed onto the next ones? I think the wounds from our past relationship continually bleed out occasionally through our lives. It's just recognizing, right? Like you, that's, that's normal. That is human. But when you're in your next relationship and all of a sudden you feel that feeling or you're like, you just have to remember, like, is this baggage from the last relationship? You know, is this, is this something that I'm bringing into this? Is this my own fears? Mm -hmm. Um, But I'll be honest, you know, those, there's still a little bit of seepage from those wounds. Sure. Yeah. That's a question I ask myself too, because, you know, you enter a new relationship and they, they turn their phone down or, you know, you call the office and they're not there and they say they're there. And so you start to, and oftentimes there's a really reasonable explanation and you catch yourself going crazy. And you're like, no, I don't want to be that girl, not for him or her, my partner, but I don't want to be that girl. I don't want to live in fear that this person is going to hurt me or do something to sabotage us. Right. It's that trust piece. So when the triggers come up, what's your in, in inner dialogue? What does that sound like? I think it is just mindfulness. There's the, you know, 
the meditation piece, the, the mantra piece, you know, you know, this, what is the truth? Like there's all those, there's some great practices out there for that. And I think, I think the bottom line is if you just trust the universe and you, and you know, and you listen to your heart, um, I think usually if you're in a good headspace, you can come to that truth, but we can go down the crazy train. We can sure do that. Right. They say hindsight 2020 and, you know, there's a lesson message and gift in all of the bullshit that we go through in life, depending what school of thought you're from, you know, we chose our lives, we chose our lessons and so on. What do you think the lesson message and gift from that experience in your life was? The only person you need to fall in love with is yourself. Well, I got goosebumps. And it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we are not taught, and I, I don't want to generalize, you know, but most of the time as little girls, as women, we're not taught, and guys too. I don't know that I've taught my boys that, that you need to love yourself and fall in love with yourself unconditionally in order to be able to love someone else the way they deserve to be loved and absolutely and I think the most attractive quality a person can have is if you love yourself then other people will see that and they will love you yeah I love it so that was amazing what is the book about the book is my journey the little words of wisdom along the way some funny stories some sad stories um i did also have the opportunity to take my daughters to bali during that year so there was a big healing piece there that was pretty amazing and um then there's you know the final chapter which is where i really brought the practice of gratitude and um, manifestation into my life and led to a happy ending a happy ending I love that so mm-hmm. is the book little snippets of all of those dates it is oh my gosh I'm so excited we're gonna <laughs> run and get it and so you are still doing the weekend retreat is that a once a year event is that how does that work it is it's uh every October in Canmore Alberta Canada and registration birthday. oh well you have to come join us yeah I'd love to I was born in Winnipeg, but I've never been to Alberta. I've it's never a beautiful been to place. Winnipeg, so that's my, that's on my to-do list. Well, this might be the year. Yeah, it may be. Oh my gosh. This has been so interesting. Can you please tell our listeners where they can get a copy of the book, where they can get a hold of you, how they can find out more and how they can attend your retreat? Thank you. The best place to find all that information is on my website, cindydrummond.ca. Drummond is D-R-U-M-M-O-N-D. So cindydrummond.ca. My book's also on Amazon, Indigo, uh, online. But honestly, if you're somebody out there and what my story resonates with you, if you buy the book, if you join uh, my retreat, Women Only Weekend, which we call WOW, or if you just want to get in touch and ask me your dating questions. I would love to hear from any of your listeners. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. Thank you, Cindy. So if you're maybe in a relationship where something feels off, reach out to Cindy and 
you know, maybe check in with someone who like Cindy has gone through it, but who can create a safe space for you to just say, this is what I've been noticing in the last little bit. Am I going crazy? Does this sound off? And maybe, you know, she can help you recalibrate your inner guidance, inner guidance system. You know, I think it's so true what you say. It's important for us to teach our kids that when something feels off, just explore it, get curious about it. So important. You have any last words of wisdom for anyone who is recovering from a situation of betrayal and they're entering the dating pool right now? You said it at the beginning. I think that if we haven't learned anything this last couple of years, it's that life is so short. Mm-hmm. So if it's, if it's you that is standing in your own way, get out of your way, get unstuck, take chances. Yeah, I think we get, well, I don't think, I know for a lot of people, we get comfortable in the, in the stuck. It's what's familiar. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier to just kind of surrender to that as opposed to saying, hey, I'm going to go on 50 dates in 52 weeks. It's a lot of makeup. That's a lot of spanks. Like, it's a lot of courage. I'm so grateful to have met you. Thank you. I'm so grateful to have met you as well. Thank you. And thank you to all of our listeners. All of Cindy's information will be in the show notes. And we're so grateful that you're here.